Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, as we've discussed many times throughout the show, one of my jobs, as I wear many hats running the business, is I'm in charge of going out to other people's properties and determining whether or not I want to buy them or not. And I basically have been in that specific acquisition role since 2011, so long time now. And I have seen a wide swap of everything. Um, I've seen every kind of age group, race, everything Um, in terms of people having preferences. I've seen people who keep their house cleaner than the Taj Mahal and people that probably live where Oscar de Grouch grew up at. So I have seen (laughs) everything. Um, But one thing that, I have only seen a very specific group and has made me think about this um, is it's, it's, it's always been people who are um, from a, a Eastern religion. Um, they have shrines within their own houses. Um, and, you know, I, not to, to, to say anything different about any religions, but that's certainly something that I have noticed. And it makes me think of, the reading that we have of how we should go in our inner room, find ourselves, um, put ourselves in a state of quiet and prayer. Um, so I, I wanted to, to kind of reflect upon that because on the one hand, we don't really have inner rooms, at least the way we do architecture in America compared to the way the houses were built. Um, back in the day when they were almost built like fortresses where there were rooms that were completely protected on the inside that you couldn't get to the outside. And here in America, we believe in these things called windows. So every single room has an exterior element. So that's obviously a architectural difference, but I think the, the core concept that we're trying to say isn't bound by the rules of architecture. Um, So essentially what my question is, Father, is are we as Catholics permitted to create shrines or some variation of that within our our own properties here? Um, And and if so, why is it not common or should it be common? And all of these various questions that will stem from that line of thinking. Yeah. I think in, yeah, in traditional neighborhoods, it is common, you know, (laughs) yeah. I always hear people talk about the uh, bathtub Mary, you know, it's like a, like a half cut in half bathtub uh, over, over the statue and, uh, and maybe literally so in some cases. And uh, yeah, I think uh, in a lot of, uh, a lot of Catholic houses, you have a statue of Mary, uh, a little shrine of Mary. And uh, in the front yard, in the backyard, um, some sense of uh, just making God's presence or Our Lady's presence uh, visibly known and uh, sort of stating it to the neighbors. You know, I think in some pretty traditional Catholic places, you might, you sort of knew the one Protestant because that was like the one yard that didn't have the statue of Mary in front of it. And, uh, uh, you know, anyway, so. I think it is a very traditional, very common practice, um, setting up a statue. Then it's the kind of thing that uh, it's beautiful to bring the priest over, you know, your your pastor over when you set up this little shrine and have him 
bless the shrine and and make that a special act of devotion that connects it to the church because the priest is an inherent connection to the church. He's a an ecclesial person and is able to bestow the blessing of the church on something. So that that makes the strong connection. And uh, so I, I think that's a, a a beautiful practice. It's a little like, you know, we were talking about um, the revelations of Fatima, the consecration of Russia, these kinds of things. And there's always a danger of, of thinking in, in minimalist terms, like have to, you know, do you have to do this? Are you supposed to do this? Um, but, but love doesn't really work in that way. Uh, now there is a matter of justice, you know, there are certain things you have to do, but then love moves to gestures of generosity, which go beyond the have to. They go beyond justice and they move to charity and devotion, piety. And uh, that's where a lot of our devotional expressions, whether it's uh, taking time for devotional prayer or setting up devotional images or, or establishing devotional shrines, that we do that for the people that we love, you know, just like we have are you supposed to have a picture of your mom on your desk? Why? I don't know what you're supposed to. A lot of people do, you know, and it's a nice thing. And and you and it's kind of comes as a spontaneous expression of the love of your heart for your mom or for your mom and dad, for your family. And so people put images of their family on their desk or they put it, uh, images of their family on their wall and because they love their family, you know. So that's kind of the impulse in uh, in terms of shrines that we would have as well. You know, I love my blessed mother, my heavenly mother. And so I want to have an image of her and I, I want everybody to know that I love her, you know, and, and that's the, that's the kind of, again, the sort of impulse. So we could turn that just a, a, a slight right turn and say, well, how could, how do we, how do these things develop? Well, I have a spontaneous impulse. And then I might ask the question, how could I demonstrate my love for the blessed Virgin Mary? Well, maybe I decide um, I'm going to pray a rosary every day, you know, or I'm going to pray the Angelus three times a day, uh, or uh, I'm going to visit the, I'm going to take a pilgrimage to the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and that's going to be an expression of my love for her. Uh, those would all be very legitimate things, you know, or I'm going to set up a statue in my yard and uh, I'm going to visit, I'm going to put flowers out there, you know, a couple times a, a week or a couple times a year, or I'm going to have you know, we're going to have a little May crowning. That's another tradition. In the month of May, I'm going to take my little outdoor statue and I'm going to have my children create a little crown of flowers. And I'm going to teach them about loving our, the, our heavenly mother. And uh, I'm going to take them out and we're going to have a little prayer service. And maybe we invite the neighbors and the priest and uh, we're going to have a little thing, you know. <laughs> so, but this is, these are, these are more like spontaneous acts of devotion uh, expressions of love more than they are supposed to or shoulds or better or worse. Um, these are things that kind of go outside of comparison. It's it's more the things that are uh, expressions of my heart that come from uh, from love. And as you're saying that, um, everywhere, I mean, my family growing up always had a, a, a statue of Mary out, outside. My dad still has it. Um, so do we here at this house. Um, I never thought of it as a shrine. So um, like when, when I always think of, of the term shrine, I guess that's part of where I should have backed up as a starting point is normally inside, normally some type of uh, incense going on and 
quiet and not bright, not dark, but not bright. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, so I guess candlelit would be the, the appropriate way of, of trying to say that. And that is, um, that in my head that, that when I, when I think of shrine, that that's always what I envisioned. Um, and as you say that there, it's like, yeah, we, we certainly do that. And in terms of the devotions, um, that you mentioned, I, I think it's part of my wife here, but she's been in charge of setting up the May crowning at our church for as long as I've known her and then a lot longer than that. Um, so um, it, it, as you're saying stuff, I was like, yeah, we, we, we do do all of this stuff. So it, 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 it was making me think back to the, um, the passage that we re- read in the gospel. Um, and I want to say it's every Ash Wednesday. It's the same, same reading. Um, um, cause I was like, I, I know it just happened, um, as we're recording this here today. Um, and it just made me think as, as we're going through this here, you know, that's something concrete that we all can do in our life, not just necessarily during Lent, but we can always have with us. And I know that people in general are better with consistent reminders at the end of the day. That's why you see Budweiser commercials every six seconds um, to remember to buy theirs instead of someone else's or any other form of, of advertising. Um, and it's just something that, 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 that I'd thought of that it, it, it's, it is that um, in our life, you know, every time we walk out the door, there is a, a painting of the sacred heart. It, 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 it's right there. And then in the other room, there's a picture of divine mercy um, with uh, with a statue of Mary, as I'm saying this out loud, visualizing my downstairs. Um, so, so it, it, getting back to what I was saying is when we're talking about the, the gospels here, this is one that we all can truly do and live out directly. You know, things like the transfiguration. I can't go to the top of a hillside and become transfigured. That's not going to happen, but I can do this. And I think that, that not trying to turn this into a minimalist, like we, we have to, but I do think that that's something that people can think about what they can do in their own lives to make it more direct to what the Bible calls us to do. And that when we do something that has a permanent legacy reminder I find that there's a lot of long-term value in that, that we may not know, um, you know, like building something with someone else. Every time you look at that completed project, you get the memory of, Oh, I remember when, when I went over to my brother's house and redid his floor. Well, now every time I'm over there, you know, I, I think of that. So, um, and maybe he thinks of it while he's there anyway. So I, I, I don't know, but I think that, they create impressions that what we do in the physical world is something there. And even to the notion of putting pictures up at our desks, um, you know, I'm sitting here at my computer and my background changes every 20 minutes with a different picture that, that is a memory of that. So I think that that's something that we all can do. And something that, as you said, it, it, it's not a minimum requirement or anything like that, but it's something that, that we should 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 want to do the minimum requirements. And then this is kind of an overflowing from there. I'm not sure if that all made sense or it all kind of jarbled there, but that was just something that's in me that I was trying to get out. You know, you, you mentioned uh, your idea of what a shrine is. And, and of course the, 
those larger forms of shrines uh, just grow out of the same kind of thing. There's, there's a beautiful story about uh, Our Lady of the Rosary and uh, a man who had been a, a, a satanic priest, um, Bartolo Longo, and he was, uh, his, his life started to move into places of depression, despair, and he sought out some help and his friend said, you know, you should go talk to this Dominican. And he talked to the Dominican and he started, you know, proclaiming the gospel to him and eventually baptized him and really encouraged him to pray the rosary. And he developed a lot of devotion to the rosary. And then he wanted to like share that devotion with people. And so he he built a little shrine, you know, he had like a, a an image. He got this kind of not very beautiful image of Our Lady, but it was all he could afford. So he got this image and then set it up in kind of a little lean-to shack sort of thing and and got things together to get a priest to come and have mass. And uh, so, you know, and then told everybody about it, went door to door and and invited people to come out. And the, the you know, people thought he was just nuts. Uh, but, you know, a couple of people came, but it rained, rained terribly. So there's, you know, half a dozen people there. This priest had mass, this kind of ugly little shack, this image. And uh, he did basically the same thing the following year. All the same stuff went wrong. But his perseverance caught the attention of the bishop. And the third year, the bishop said, like, this is a great idea. I- I'm going to do this. I'll have the mass. And uh, and let's fix up that picture. And let's buy a little nicer, you know, we can do better than this. And so he sort of uh, fixed up a little shelter and uh, made a place for that. Uh, devotion to take place and celebrated Mass on uh, October 7th, I believe, on the Feast of Our Lady of Victory, uh, Our Lady of the Rosary. And, you know, and then uh, it sort of took off and it it grew into something. And in the last, so that was in the the late 1800s, in the last hundred years, you know, uh, three popes have celebrated this Mass. Um, they've, They've renewed that picture a couple of times. Uh, there's a huge church. This is all in Pompeii in Italy, in uh, in Naples. And uh, there's a huge shrine that's been built that now has a, has a great Baroque high altar. And that image is enthroned at the top of that high altar. And there's, and, and in fact, in the meantime, Bartolo Longo, who died and, and uh, was was declared uh, a blessed, so it's blessed Bartolo Longo. His body is in one of the side altars, and um, you know it's this magnificent place. But it's it's you know it started out as a kind of like outdoor you know bathtub Mary <laughs> kind of shrine, and then grew into this magnificent building, and that's where you know personal devotion can flow into family devotion, can flow into neighborhood devotion, can flow into parish devotion, can flow into diocesan devotion, can flow into universal devotion, right? We, you know, we, and as we expand our scope, then, you know, more of us come together and and, uh, more, more expression, more unity, more, you know, uh, kind of ritual forms around these different devotional practices. And, and then the problem becomes, well, what, we, we lose sight of the initial impulse. You know, this was this one man who had this, who, whose life was saved through the rosary, this Dominican who evangelized him and taught him the rosary. And then, you know, he was baptized and he left behind his, his evil past and his life was saved. And out of this overflow of devotion, 
he he creates this movement. But a hundred years later, how many people know the story or or still have the fire of that original devotion? And that's where it's so helpful for us to go back to like, why did we start doing these things? Where did these things come from? Who was the first one to initiate this? Where are all of the little impulses of love that have led to some of the practices that we have today? And so those are those are just useful uh, uh, stories to share and and questions to ask and things to explore and a lot of the personal ways that our faith has grown. And you know, you mentioned our, our last episode. We were talking about Our Lady of Fatima, and you you mentioned kind of the big three apparition sites: Lords Fatima and Guadalupe. Um, and you know, in fact, there are Marian apparitions and special Marian devotions in practically every village of the world. And, uh, you know, these, these develop a more local character and they're an expression of particular local events that took place. And, uh, you know, we have one official approved apparition in the United States, Our Lady of Good Counsel, uh, I believe, in, uh, in Wisconsin, in the Diocese of Green Bay. And so, um, you know, but these, these different local devotions kind of capture the imagination, capture the hearts of people and, and draw their attention to, um, to the saints and, and ultimately to our Lord and Savior. So, um, yeah, these are, these are beautiful things and not, you know, there isn't a one size fits all. It, it really is all of the diversity of all of the different kinds of expressions of love that we have. We, we do that different ways in different cultures and even different cultures within the same country or the same state. There are different ways that we express these different devotional, um, you know, different ways of loving uh, Jesus and Mary and the saints. And as you said there, once you kind of start going, you can't, it flows in the other elements. And, and you gave it in, in the terms of growing as the body of Christ, but within our own bodies, we do that. You know, it, it, people can sometimes think that they can compartmentalize everything. And to a certain degree, yes, that skill can be helpful when you need to get through a very finite period. Um, I need to take the SATs today, so I need to be strictly focused on this. My rest of my life is on pause, good, bad, or whatever. And yeah, you can go through life like that for a finite period. But eventually, trying to put different parts of your walls up inside yourself they crumble and everything flows over. You, know, you can't have a, um, you know, a pure evil part and think that you're going to be able to be good with this group of friends and, and bad with this group of friends. Inevitably, it all blends. And um, in trying to talk with people, I mean, obviously, I'm a very pragmatic person. I think that that's one of the great benefits of going all in in faith is that inherently when you live the life that the gospel calls you to do, it's going to make you a better person. And once you start growing that it spills into the rest of the elements of your life. Now you're living a better professional life. You're living a better family life and it all multiplies. Yeah. Do you got to do things to make yourself better throughout it? Yes. But it kind of gnaws on you to do that. You know, like something that you've been putting off, you know, if you're trying to build the rest of this up, there's just something in your subconscious that like lets you know that you need to fix this corner of your life if you want to be able to have the rest of this in here. And I think that that's something that's important and worth knowing. So um, 
I, I wanted to to conclude today's episode on that because I thought that was just such a great thought. And I wanted to be able to share everyone with that. So we thank everyone for being out here and listening here today. Please help share the uh, the episodes here and the cast in general. So we will be with you again next week.